parents are getting calls home from school that their kids are hitting or they're getting calls from the principal's office or they're not listening in class or they're, you know, very distracted. Um, they're complaining they want to go home, things like this. They're, they're isolating from friends more so than they should be all kinds of things. So we're working, <laughs> working with a lot of parents right now um, in that area. And, you know, we're seeing that as resilient as we think kids might be um, for some families and for kids, this has been a very tr- difficult transition back into larger social environments. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I am Michelle Abraham, your host of Blissful Parenting. Today, I am bringing you an awesome guest, Corey Stern. Hey, Corey, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm so good. Guys, let me tell you a little bit more about Corey in a second, but I just wanted to say a quick hi, <laughs> acknowledge that you're here with us. And um, I'm so excited. Uh, one of the funny things, one of the funniest things I think Corey has on her um, on her bio is that she's the chief executive problem solver, which I pulled that out right away. So I was like, Corey, that's brilliant. I love that you say that because doesn't every parent need a chief problem solver in their life? I love how me, I would love to have you just come into my life and be the chief problem solver, please. <laughs> right, so where did you come up with that name yourself? I love it. You know, what? once upon a time, a client had called me their like in-house problem solver and I, I got a kick out of it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that's what I do. I help parents solve problems. So you, <laughs> and I mean, at home too, my husband always says like, you're the boss, you, you decide it's your call. So here I am kind of fusing my entrepreneurial spirit with <laughs> my parenting expertise with, you know, behavior and kids. So, and I love that so much. <laughs> so you're also a learning as specialist and behavior analyst. You're a mom of a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, and you also completed your master's in child study and education. And you uh, also have a background in parent, positive parenting, education, child development, and applied behavior analysis. So, you know, I think you've, I think you've earned that title, <laughs> all that experience and all that knowledge Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I totally love it. So you've had over 15 years of clinical experience working with families who have children on the autism spectrum, and your current work focuses on coaching parents through different ages and stages of development. So I love this because your goal is so that parents uh, with less of the day-to-day stress and overwhelm, and I think that's so important, especially right now. And today we thought it would be great if we talked um, a little bit about, um, you know, is your child's behavior a reflection on your parenting or is there something else? So I think this is a great topic to kind of dive off on because there's so much wrapped in this and there's so much going on right now. So I'd love to hear from your perspective of what you've been working with parents. You're in the trenches. And, and I think this is a great opportunity to kind of, you know, get your perspective on what's happening out there in the world right now. Okay, well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on today. I mean, right now I'm working with families, um, primarily parents, coaching them through the different ages and stages of development so they can ultimately parent with less of the day-to-day stress and overwhelm. So the last two years within my private practice, 
has been extremely busy and we've seen all kinds of trends come and go as we've navigated this pandemic. And I would say that right now, um, so my private practice is based out of Toronto, Ontario. And um, last year for a good chunk of the year, a lot of kids were not in schools because schools were shut down as as a result of the pandemic. Thankfully, (laughs) kids have gone back to school and have had quite, um, we've been quite successful here in Toronto at keeping schools open for the most part. Um, And the biggest thing I'm seeing right now with school age kids are a lot of kids have had a very successful initial transition to school when school started back in September. But now we're starting to see all kinds of things pop out. So it's those kids who had a strong start that are now telling their parents they don't want to go to school. They hate school. Mommy, daddy, I'm not going today. Um, I don't feel well. I have stomach aches. My head hurts. Things like this. Or... um, If it's not coming self-reported from them, we're getting feedback from the schools that all kinds of challenges are now surfacing that I would say are mostly rooted in the emotional behavioral kind of domain around learning. So a lot of kids are just expressing all kinds of big emotions, which are coming out in, um, in all kinds of different behaviors. So I wasn't expecting this, but this is kind of the big thing that's surfacing a lot right now within my private practice. Parents are getting calls home from school that their kids are hitting or they're getting calls to the principal's office or they're not listening in class or they're, you know, very distracted. Um, they're complaining they want to go home. Um, things like this. They're, they're isolating from friends more so than they should be. All kinds of things. So we're working, <laughs> working with a lot of parents right now um, in that area. And, you know, we're seeing that, um, you know, as resilient as we think kids might be um, for some families and for kids, this has been a very tr- difficult transition back into larger social environments which I kind of had expected across the board. And um, that's kind of filtering in into all kinds of routines and patterns at home. For some kids, it's impacting their sleep. For some kids, it's impacting mealtime. A lot of kids I'm seeing it's impacting toileting, especially for our kindergarten age kids who, um, you know, have been put under pressure to toilet train very quickly to get ready for school. I'm seeing a lot of kids withholding. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, lots of constipation. So stress is kind of manifesting in all mm-hmm. kinds of different ways in these little guys. So we're working through all kinds of different situations to support families to help reduce a lot of that stress for both parents and, and their children. Wow. That's a, that's a lot going, that's a lot going on for parents. That's a lot going on for the kids. And do you think, um, this is a surfacing because we had time at home where we it was kind of maybe unstructured. We kind of lost our flow of boundaries and all things structure related. Do you think that's where it's coming from? I think it's part of it. I think, you know, the pandemic in itself had really interrupted, um, the day to day for most families, mm-hmm. We lost a lot of structure and routine for those of us that were isolated at home and kids were home doing remote learning or daycares were closed. Parents were working from home. It completely flipped the dynamic 
a family's upside down. So um, structure went out the window as parents were trying to literally work from home while their kids were home and manage their kids' needs while managing their own needs. Um, You know, kids were spending a lot of time at home with their parents available, but not really available. They were working parents in the home. Um, I, I think there's a lot of emotional stress that is surfacing as a result of all kinds of fears that have been brought into the home surrounding COVID and how that, you know, impacts social development. Um, I, I think, I think there is, I think it has to do something with it. I don't know if it's the end all and be all, but I do think, yeah, a big part of it has to do with the circumstances that we've had to endure over the past little while. Yeah. So if one of our parents are listening right now and they're like, Oh, this resonates. Oh, okay. I'm seeing this happening as well. Um, what, what are some steps of things that they can do to kind of, you know, help, uh, bring things back into, into order in the home and but be also supportive of the kids in, uh, in school that are struggling? Yeah, I think it's a really great question. I mean, my, I think what's most important for kids to reduce the stress response in any situation is to build as much predictability for your child. Okay. How do we do that? Routines are very important, predictable routines. So doing certain things in certain ways, day in and day out, morning routines, how you get ready for school in the morning, routines around meal times, your bedtime routines, your after school routines. You want to create a really solid structure to create a sense of predictability for your child in their day to day. Um, for some families, I recommend it, even if they have a lot going on between school and extracurriculars and play dates and perhaps different people picking them up from school on different days, um, before care, after care, Print off a blank calendar off of Google and fill it out for your child um, and create something visual for them that they can Mm -hmm. see and really anchor into. That is huge. It's so simple, but it is so, so, so effective. The more predictability you can bring into your child's life, um, Mm -hmm. the more we're able to reduce a lot of that stress response to the environment, which allows a lot of good things to, to happen, reduce some of the behaviors, at least the intensity and the frequency of some of the behaviors. So that would be one suggestion. My other suggestion is make sure, please, please, please make sure you're finding time every single day to connect with your child where you are not multitasking, you are not doing dishes or laundry or cooking or cleaning or on your phone or on your computer, but you are actually one-on-one if that's ideal. I know it's not always realistic, but connecting with your child, playing with them, talking to them about their day at school, um, you know, just doing something that they love and enjoy where there is little demand and little expectation and just connect with them. Kids need that now more than ever. For some, it's more physical and they want the cuddles and the hugs and the snuggles at bedtime. For some, it's more active and they want their parents to play with them and read stories with them and run around with them and go to the park. It doesn't matter. Whatever fills your kid's bucket because every kid is different. Um, Please make sure you're making it a priority. You know, I always say that within the parenting role, 
So much of what we do it comes from, you know, a level of unconscious thought, which translates to we operate on autopilot. We're not always thinking about what we're doing to get through our day. We're going, 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 going to get through our day because we have a million things to do in any given day between taking care of our kids and feeding them and bathing them and making sure they're learning and they're happy and doing our jobs. If we're working, some of us are taking care of our own parents and we're caregivers to others and maintaining a house and your own relationships. There's a lot. That's exhausting. Just hearing you say all that. There's a lot that goes on any given day. So a lot of that comes, you know, we are on autopilot, just going through the motion through our day. We have to break the cycle at least once a day to create a sense of mindfulness around how we're behaving and showing up for our children. Mm-hmm. I always say, and I, I love this, and I know it resonates with like everyone I, I tell, a child places value on how you spend your time, mm-hmm. right? They are watching your every move. They know exactly what you're up to. Even when they're sleeping, they know what you're up to. <laughs> they sound like Santa Claus. <laughs> so how you spend your time is where your child pulls value in their relationship with you and your relationship with them. And now more than ever, kids need to feel a sense of security and safety and connection. So those would be my two biggest suggestions is to, you know, create a sense of predictability mm-hmm. through routine and structure and make it a priority to connect with your child on a daily basis. I would say for those people who need boundaries here or parameters mm-hmm. in minimum of 10 to 15 minutes a day, put your phone away, put, turn the TV off and do something where your child can feel fulfilled and connected. Mm, that's great. I've been spending a lot of time with my kids at bedtime and it's interesting because I've we've had pullback bedtime routine a lot earlier because they were loving that time at bedtime. And I found like all sorts of great things right at bedtime. I'm like, you've been home here all day after school. You didn't say anything about any of those things. And you wait till the five minutes before you fall asleep to share all this great stuff. I was like, okay, we're going to start bedtime a little earlier. So we have a little bit longer for that pillow dog. <laughs> you know it's amazing what comes out of bedtime. And if you have a good bedtime routine where you're, um, Um, you know, reading to your child or cuddling with them, or it's just like, it's more quiet and relaxed. Maybe the lights are dim. The energy is slowing down. That's when they feel safe. That's when they feel secure. That's when they feel connected. Right. Mm -hmm. And for them, that's why so many kids struggle going to bed because they don't want to separate from their child, uh, their parents. That attachment is so, so important, right? They value that time so much. It feels so good for them. That's why we have the, you know, all of our stallers out there who say, let me read me two more books. Oh, daddy, five more minutes. Just lie with me. Right. Like they, they don't want that time to end because for them, it's like the most delicious time. It's the most fulfilling time. Um, And that's when all the good stuff comes out. That's when, you know, you hear, things that you would not otherwise hear because they're feeling so relaxed and calm. Yeah. I really had to like pull myself back as a parent too, because it's like, this is the time of night. Like, I just like, we need to go to bed. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> We've had a long day. I love that time with them, but it's like, I, I got to, you know, I had to check myself of being like short with them or being rushing through that because it is such a great time on night to connect. Um, but also it's like, 
that, okay, let's get like, it's going on a little too long now. Like we got to get on with the rest of our night kind of thing. Right. But I'm like, okay, like just, you know, I've been trying super hard not to get frustrated at that time of night with them and just give us more time and more space to enjoy it so that it's not. And it's like a constant fight between two of my kids of like time with them. So it's like, okay, we're coming up with some ideas of how we could do things together, then separate, and then everyone gets some time and everyone's had their time when one doesn't go to bed as quick as the other, then the other loses out on some time. So figuring out a way that's, I think that's been really key for us to kind of figure out that, that, that schedule and that evening routine. <laughs> Balancing act, especially if you have more than one child in the home, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> I, I mean, I have it every day with my own kids too. Yeah. Now, if my son hears me in my daughter's room reading with her, I, I'll hear him, mommy, can I, can I join you guys? <laughs> and I know she just wants like alone time. And she, so it, yeah, it becomes a bit of a, a juggling act, but you know, in those situations, you just have to set your expectations ahead of time. You can hold those boundaries when, you know, you're moving through the routine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is such a special time. So, um, Parents, I think these days, you and I were chatting about this before we pressed record and we were, you know, discussing how like, it's such a busy time, like so busy, like parents are exhausted. There's been a lot going on. What are some suggestions to help our parents that maybe are feeling like they're at their, they're done. (laughs) They're at their, you know, um, they're at the time where they really need to just, you know, spend some time on themselves, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a great, um, it's a great question. And it's such an important thing that as parents have to think about, I want everyone to place extreme value on sleep. <laughs> I don't think we recognize how important, like we're, we're you know, as parents, we're so, um, we're so focused on our kids sleep and getting them to sleep at a good time and making sure they get enough sleep and they got to sleep and they have to sleep for this many hours and they got to fall asleep on their own or for those, you know, that are co-sleeping, you know, are holding on to the co-sleeping until their child doesn't want to sleep with any, like there's, there's so much thought around your child's sleep and we often don't give our own sleep enough attention. And I can't stress enough how important it is to get adequate sleep. And again, it seems so simple, but the more rested your body is and your mind is, the better you can show up for your children or child, the less irritable you will be. So for me, that's like number one is if you have unhealthy sleep hygiene right now, I would pick one to two small little things you can change about your sleep routine. Mm-hmm. And make just small little changes and be mindful about it. Get off of autopilot mm-hmm. and set an intention for yourself to get better sleep. Um, and, you know, that's things like maybe not watching a screen before going to bed, um, you know, making sure that you aren't falling asleep on the couch and, you know, having to go to your bed in the middle of the night. It happens here sometimes. It's all <laughs> crappy sleep. Um, you know, there, there's just, there's little things you can look at to, to make sure to adjust your sleep hygiene, to make sure you're, you're fulfilling that for yourself. I also think it's important for us parents to give ourselves a little bit of <laughs> a lot of compassion, and a lot of grace. Um, if things don't feel perfect or aren't going the way you think they're supposed to go or the way you always want them to go. Um, And it's, it's okay to, you know, 
to, to let things slide and do things differently than you had anticipated in your mind, if it's going to make things feel a little calmer in the home. Okay. And this, you know, I actually just had this conversation with a client earlier today and we were talking about bedtime. She's three kids and she has, uh, she has a six-year-old, a five-year-old and an 18 month year old. And she was having all kinds of crazy things go on with her daughter's sleep. She was waking up once a night. She was having a heart. She wasn't going to sleep. Um, it was taking her like two hours to go to sleep and oh, mom was like done. She was like, I can't, I can't do this. And I said to her, do me a favor, push bedtime just a little later. And she was like, no, I can't because if I do that, the da, 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 and then this will throw the boys off and I have to do this at this time. And she had like a very prescribed way in her head that things had to be. And I said, just do me one little favor. She called me two days later and she said, I don't know why, but like <laughs> my daughter hasn't woken up in two nights now. And then I spoke to her again today and it's been about a week and a half. And she's like, Corey, like that one small little change has been huge. And I said, well, I'm happy you did it. And she's like, I can't tell you how hard it was for me to adjust our schedule. <laughs> As in my mind, it was always like seven o'clock is bedtime and we have to get them into their rooms by seven o'clock, lights out by seven. So, you know, she was just like, wow, like it felt so liberating to give myself permission to kind of shift this ideal I had in my own mind, mm. give us a little bit of breathing room. And she's like, it works beautifully. And she said on the same token, one, the one night, like a few nights ago, her two, she was putting the baby, well, she's not such a baby anymore. She's putting her youngest down to bed and her husband was out for the night. So she was home alone with the three kids and her boys were supposed to, were supposed to be in their rooms, just like calm, chilling, reading their books, getting ready for bed. And they kind of said, mommy, while you put the baby to bed, can we just place it down and play Lego together? And she said, no way, no how seven o'clock. We got to get to bed. But mommy, please, please, please. They kept begging her and begging her. Eventually she just said, you know what? This isn't a fight I'm willing to have. Go play with your Lego. She said it was the best night ever where she had to be alone with the kids because her boy sat for 45 minutes, quiet, calm, playing Lego or Play-Doh, whatever it was. It was Lego or Play-Doh, I can't remember. And she put the baby to bed uninterrupted. The house was so quiet and so calm. And again, she was like, Typically, I would never let them pull out toys when they're supposed to be like in calm zone going to bed. But she had given herself permission to just let it go and like allow it to be a little different. She said it was like a game changer. It was the best night she's had in terms of like getting through the motions where the, you know, everyone was calm and agreeable and there was no power struggles and everything worked like she had wanted it to. So I think we have to be a little more flexible with our ideals and our prescribed ways of doing things um, to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room and, and really determine what fight is worth fighting, what boundary is worth holding, I should say, um, because sometimes it's okay to just do things a little differently. And it's funny, as you were saying that, oh, so great. Go ahead, finish. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's a mindset thing, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it's just getting off of autopilot and being mindful in the moment to really check in to be like, okay, yes, it's okay if we do this. We will not have the world fall from beneath us if we do this. Okay, let's do it, right? And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do for a lot of, lot of parents, myself included. I find myself where like, I'm like, okay, we, but come on, we got to go. 
<laughs> and um, sometimes we just have to do that that kind of check in. Yeah, it's interesting. As you were going through that bedtime routine, I was like, oh yeah, remember like when kids were younger, these like you get into this routine and then all of a sudden it would change. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh gosh, okay, this doesn't work anymore. We got to readjust, right? And when that's very obvious when they're really little. And as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, you know, like as they're school age kids, it's not as obvious those times that we need to push the bedtime a little later. Or we need to do things a little bit differently as they're as they're growing too. And I was like, oh yeah, let's kind of of an interesting uh, perspective because bringing it back to the toddler years or the baby stages, like that was happening all the time, just as you were getting the hang of it, it was changing. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 That's awesome. Well, Corey, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to get you on this show and dig into all the great things that you've been able to share with us as your chief executive problem solver. <laughs> I can see why you have that name. It's awesome. And I love, uh, I love all the things that you've given us some things to think about as parents and also given us some permission to kind of give ourselves that grace and that time to also we're readjusting back into this whole new way of doing things too. So taking a toll on everyone and it's taking to having that time. I know for me going out for a walk and getting some fresh air, it makes a world of difference in my parenting. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. That outside fresh air is awesome. So Corey, where can we reach out to you, connect with you, follow you, uh, and, uh, share with us how to connect with you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I am, um, I'm, I'm online quite a bit. I have a really, really amazing active community Facebook group called behave it or not. And it's a group <laughs> for parents and caregivers to come and, um, share their thoughts, ask questions, address concerns around anything to do with your child's behavior, development, parenting, education. I'm covering it there. All I'm talking about those topics all the time in the group. And I am also posting content on Instagram at Corey underscore Stern. And um, you can connect with me anytime there. And you can also learn more about my private practice and the services we offer at www.coreystern.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Corey and Blissful Parents. Go out there and have another fabulous day and reach out to Corey and join her Facebook group. Sounds amazing. I'm going to do the same as well. And Corey, we hope to see you again on Blissful Parenting. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.